1: Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler.
2: Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My esteemed co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is with us. You know, in between Kathy and I, We have helped thousands of executives to perform in the top 10%. We're always on the uh, outlook for, you know, interesting people to bring to you, interesting stories. And today uh, we have J.D. Messenger, and he has a very unique uh, story that he's going to talk about in regards to his book. Uh, It's called 11 Days in May, and it's a story of one man's quest to answer the great questions. And we all have these questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where did I come from? After breaking his neck, leaving his body, and returning, J.D., a messenger experience of prophetic visions and insights. And over the course of 11 days, which his book takes us through, he takes us on a journey uh, with a mysterious friend. The two bicker like brothers but converse like sages, and they investigate the answers to life's most important questions. 11 Day reveals how scientists are people of faith. We're all agents of God. And The Sixth Sense is more than just a movie. So we'll get more into uh, JD's background. Uh, He is a business leader, and he's going to now talk, you know, we're asking from his own experience, um, you know, some of his learnings about his book, 11 Days uh, in May. And so let me Tell you just briefly about my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, and then we'll bring her on. As you know, uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, for f- folks who haven't heard our show before, uh, has been named the first lady of happiness by ABC TV. Dr. Greenberg has authored multiple popular books on the science of happiness, things like What Happy Companies Know, her number one bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know. She has a brand-new series of, on fearless uh, leaders. Um, that's just about ready to be be launched. And Kathy's touched millions of lives and is a much-demand speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. She has her renowned executive consultancy, H2C stands for Happy Companies, Healthy People. And she actively supports research on the subject of happiness, positive psychology, emotional intelligence, and offers friendly tips and tools to be your best at work and at home on the ABC shows, The Morning Blend. Kathy has a brand new free iApp. If you want to take a a, a gander at, at Kathy is, uh, in person, and your happiness now, it's called. It's available at the iTunes Store and uh, on your iPhone. And for more information, uh, Kathy's website h2cleadership.com, and she and I both uh, have a website xlxcelinstitute.com. Kathy, welcome.
3: Thanks, really. I really appreciate that lovely introduction, and I'm so excited today to have JD Messenger, who's going to talk to us about his brand new ebook. And we'll talk more about what an ebook is. Um, it's an interactive book, more than being just a download to a Kindle or an iPhone or any other kind of a. Uh, iPad or other kind of electronic medium, so I'm pretty excited about this, and of course his book, 11 Days in May, The Conversation That Will Change Your Life, hopefully will change the lives of all of our listeners today. For those of you who don't know Dr. Raleigh Nadler, let me take a minute to just express a f- just a few words about Relly, because I don't think this really does him justice. Dr. Raleigh Nadler is a master level certified executive coach, a psychologist, at corporate leadership and a fabulous team trainer. Dr. Nadler brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. Dr. Nadler's newest top ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries, including yourself. His highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and online news features. And his programs have become a mainstay at leading Fortune 500 companies. You can visit him at TrueNorthLeadership.com for free downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence, including his fabulous free iApp, which you can download at the iTunes store called Leadership Keys. And it's, it's just packed full of management and leadership strategies and you can use them instantly. So I, I, really, really highly suggest you download it. It's getting downloaded by the thousands every day, and I believe really it's been downloaded around the world. Uh, yeah. And you have uh, probably close to 20,000, if not more, downloads. Well, so it's... this is a really exciting uh, iApp that's been incredibly successful.
2: Oh, thanks, Kathy. Yeah, it's great when you know, you know over a, people from a hundred different countries have are have like we, we like to say. I think we're we'll coin uh, leadership tips in your fingertips. So we all have a uh, smartphone, and you can get your leadership tips either my my uh, app or Kathy's leadership tips in your fingertips. Love it. I love it. So, Kathy, a couple things, and then we'll we'll bring on JD. You know. Sometimes people say, well, why are we focusing on leaders and leadership development news? Um, and one of the, the reasons is, of many, is about 40% of organizations today say they're going to be experiencing a significant gap in the number of skilled and trained leaders uh, for new jobs. So and on some level, there is what we call this brain drain. We're losing brains, um, you know, the 8 million jobs that have been lost because of the Great Recession. We have the baby boomers retiring. And then the brains that are coming in, uh, one, the Generation X is is a smaller amount of folks coming into the workforce, and Gen Y also. Uh, They have been known to have a little less emotional intelligence. And the only reason is they're spending more hours uh, in front of a screen, be it their uh, computer screen or phone screen, and less really looking at how they're going to communicate their message to others. And so the leader has an incredible influence and we like to say that the leader is the emotional thermostat of the team. So how the leader feels and expresses themselves, that's how the team feels and and how that may lead to their productivity or not. And one of the keys in enhancing your leadership when you look at how smart someone is, IQ, and you look at technical expertise And then you look at the third factor, emotional intelligence. There's a lot of research um, that's saying as you further you move up, it's less about how smart you are and your technical expertise and more about emotional intelligence. One of the things, Kathy, we get a lot in our coaching through Excel Institute Dot com, You know, people say, and it's usually about someone else, not themselves, they usually say, can that person really change? You know, I got this direct report, I got this boss, he can't really change. And so you have some interesting data or research just about that.
3: You know, that's true, really. And one of the things that people need to know over and over and over again, because we have so little control of of things in our lives, or at least we perceive that we have little control, Um one of the things that we can do every day is make smart choices that are good for us. And there is what's called a genetic set point or a predisposition for uh, happiness. Uh, some of us are fortunate enough to have as much as 50% of a genetic predisposition towards being a glass half full. Some of us, unfortunately, have a 50% predisposition for being a glass half empty. But that doesn't mean that we can't improve our chances for having a higher level of happiness throughout our lives. First of all, that 40% that makes up the, if you will, flexible 40%, um, meaning there's there's another 50% that we can actually influence, 40% of that 50% is what we choose to do every day, our actions and our behaviors. Of of mind and heart if we in fact do the things that are best for us and best for those around us as a result we can improve our happiness significantly just through those mindful actions and conscious choices the 10% that's remaining is really something that we usually cannot influence that would be mortgage rates or the economy Uh, or or wellness um, in terms of a a potential um, cold or flu or, God forbid, a terminal illness. You know, those things we're going to have a hard time influencing, but that's just 10% of the equation. If we really focus on the 40% of actions, intentional behaviors, and activities that we can influence, that we can change, that we can fully invest ourselves in. We can increase our overall level of happiness and life satisfaction and grow our performance as a result. So it's very important for us to look at what we do every day, how we do it, and make the right choices so that we can, in fact, have a more successful uh, and a happier life. And that's what you and I do. We combine the worlds of emotional intelligence and social intelligence and together, we create a combined model of how you use emotional intelligence and the science of happiness to create a better, happier, more satisfying life.
2: You know, Kathy, I think just along what you're saying, this is I'm so intrigued to we'll bring J.D. on, because his story is really uh, looking at, you know, some of these assumptions. And, you know, there's some data that says that most of us are on automatic about 95% of the time. And I think uh with JD's story you know just in breaking his neck and looking through his book, you know, is a, is a unique way of trying to challenge some of those assumptions and maybe challenging some of that automaticity that we're that we all uh live in. So you want to maybe do a little background, a little more background about it? Yeah, you know, I mean, we could
3: spend a whole show talking about J.D.'s background. He's just an extraordinary human being in so many ways. So I'm going to try to just touch the tip of the iceberg here with some highlights. And perhaps as we go through the interview with J.D., we'll talk more about his history. But uh, Jonathan D. Messenger is a modern-day Renaissance man and a visionary whose credentials are simply amazing. You know, Messenger began his adult life as a fireman and a rescue squad member, and then he enlisted in the Navy as a seaman in 1976. And after leaving the submarine force, uh, JD worked for Exxon Corporation, and he was the supervisor for, I think, what we could easily say was the world-famous Valdez oil spill cleanup, which has been a, um, you know, a, a story that many people have built upon uh, over the years. Um, to help people understand how to deal with crisis. Uh, and I think that says uh, a lot about JD and and some of the merits uh, of the work that he's been doing in this area come from uh, that experience. And I think it's also important uh, to recognize that uh, JD um, spent a lot of time um, at Ernst & Young following uh, this Exxon experience where he led the National Innovation Program for the Prime Minister of Singapore, and developed the post-9/11 and SARS crisis response capability for the Asian governments. You know, JD was uh, not also, uh, excuse me, not only active at Ernst & Young. He was the former CEO of Ernst & Young Consulting in Singapore. He was uh, nominated for CEO of the Year by CNBC Asia, and he was one of 37 distinguished graduates from uh, Annapolis. Uh, which, as you know, is a a very formidable uh, academy. Um, He was a nuclear submarine officer, and he was the recipient of the Naval Achievement uh, Medal. Uh, He is um, literally a knight of honor in the order of St. John. He's a former CNN radio host and television show creator and producer. Uh, He's obviously an international speaker, and he has J.D. has received you know immense praise for his leadership thinking, and of course he has a lot of history behind that. Uh, Messenger has been interviewed on dozens of television shows as a featured expert on innovation, crisis response, and the future of energy. And he's been married to Mary Ann for 30 years, and they are blessed with three children. And I guess as a side note, J.D. is also conversational in Mandarin. And we're going to learn a lot more about J.D. Messenger and his moving his, – I would say his moving book, which has been a phenomenal um, success, Eleven Days in May, The Conversation That Will Change Your Life. So come right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News.
6: For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or, for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
2: Uh, and today we're talking with uh, JD Messenger and we're going to um, talk to him about his book 11 days in May and so JD welcome to the show well thank you it's an honor to be here well thank you so we always like to start off and getting a little bit of an idea about people uh, their background their their story and we're gonna hear a lot of your story but who's kind of influenced you the most as a leader you got a very well distinguished career as a as a leader and business leader
7: well, um I don't think there's a single individual. Um certainly um from a corporate perspective, I, I used to love Tom Peters in in search author of in search for excellence. A lot of people don't know about him much anymore. I I love and adore Stephen Covey uh from a business point of view and a philosophical point of view. I um from a spiritual point of view I love Yogananda, Paramahansa Yogananda. And from a scientific point of view, I love Albert
2: Einstein. Wow. <laughs> a good combo. That's great.
7: They're we can talk about them for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that'll get us caught. I, I, I think one of the common threads in that is really part of my essence, and that is um, you know, I heard you in, in the first part of the, of the show talk about there being a, a, a lack of talent or a, a gap. And you see, I just don't accept that. Um, I um, believe there is no lack of human potential, rather a lack of understanding what it is, how it works, and how to inspire it, tap into it, and so forth and um, one of the things in early in my life. And it's sort of a thread throughout my life is that there's been many people that have told me you can't do things. Mm-hmm. My guidance counselor told me I'd never get into the Naval Academy. Uh, I did not get a nomination from the Academy. And, and um, when I was a senior, uh, he called me into the room and gave me the, the dress and down and said, now what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to the Naval Academy. And he said, <laughs> you didn't get in. And I said, I didn't get in yet. And I said, how else can I get in? And he said, well, you could get a nomination from the president. I said, I don't know him. And he said, you could get one from the vice president. And I said, I don't know him. And he said, you could get one from the secretary of the Navy. And I said, wait a minute. And he goes, what, do you know him? I said, no, but he sounds like someone I could get to know. And he said, well, in order to get a nomination from the secretary of the Navy, you have to enlist in the Navy. And so I slapped my knee, and I stood up, and I said, that's it. And he goes, what's it? I said, I'm going to go enlist in the Navy. And he said, you could go to just about any Ivy League school. And I said, why are you trying to talk me out of my dream? Right. You know, this is what I want to do. And I, in 1976, enlisted in the Navy, making $165 a month, I think it was, and uh, – 8 months later I had my nomination and a year later you know I went to the Naval Academy but that that has happened over and over again in my life and one more quick story um when I was graduating I wanted to be a submarine officer and Admiral Rickover said cuz I had to interview Admiral Rickover and some people know those stories very challenging difficult kind of process and one of the things that he said to me was that I wasn't good enough to be in his navy and he started to You know, go up and down all my faults. And uh, and, um, I grew up in the 60s watching that television show Lost in Space with Will Robinson. And I saw the flash of the robot flailing his arms going, danger, danger, Will Robinson. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And I uh, I said, excuse me, Admiral, you're wrong, sir. And he said, what did you say? And (laughs) I said, you're wrong, Admiral. I said, I'll be in your Navy and I'll be one of the best damn submarine officers you ever had. Well, let me tell you that did not go over too well. <laughs> the admiral slammed his fist on the table and stood up and told me to get the bleep out of his office. And so, as I walked out, thinking oh, I really screwed that one up, messenger, I got outside and this captain slaps me on the back and he goes, "Congratulations, you're in." <laughs> I said, wow. I'm in, and he said, "Yeah, the admiral liked you." <laughs> you see, so I mean, I could tell many stories, but the point is that. Um, we each have our own unique essence, our unique abilities, and as you heard me when I s- said who I like, I believe that is a combination of mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional and um we we listen to the naysayers, we get off track, we lose confidence and courage our, our self image is destroyed, and when we're not when our soul and our purpose is not aligned with our mind um, we we we, we go in circles, we get stressed, we have to take pills, and the secret, I believe, to life is aligning your, your mind, body, and soul to fulfill your purpose, which is your gift, your dream, your unique capability. And when organizations realize that, when individuals realize that, we realize there's no lack in human talent.
3: You know, as you're speaking, J.D., I think it would be so helpful if you would tell our listeners a little bit about... What you refer to as your wake-up call when you literally broke your neck and left your body. And what happened during that experience that shifted your life, that allows you to tell these stories and live these experiences. Because I think this is at the heart of what 11 Days in May is all about.
7: Thank you, Kathy. I I get very emotional. You know, I've probably told this story 500 times, and you're going to hear my voice crack, and it almost brings me to tears. Mm. Um, but I have to share it, and I did not share it for 12 years because I was too terrified. I was too afraid. I thought I would lose credibility and respect, and people would think I was crazy or whatever. And, of course, ironically, the opposite has been true by many people. Including the former director of the FBI, Louis Free, who just sent me a handwritten note saying that my book was a great testament and well needed, and that just blows me away. Um, that there are people out there that not only diminish me or, or or ridicule me for what I'm about to share, but really accept it and mm-hmm. and intelligent. Influential people. And what happened was I had broken my neck in 1985, refueling a, a nuclear submarine. Um, we were in overhaul, and my I got hit by a beam, and it snapped my neck back. And, you know, for 15 years, my I was okay. I mean, my neck recovered, and, and I was okay. But by 1999, what happened over those 15 years was my neck was slowly deteriorating and I started taking pain pills motrin in June of um, 1999 and by the time January came around I was popping an entire bottle of motrin uh a week I was in incredible pain and on the morning of January 18th 2000 I woke up and I went into the bathroom and turned the hot water on in the shower and I put my arms in the air to stretch and I you know put my arm you know you grab your hands over your head and you kind of tilt your neck and, and, um, whatever was holding my body together and my neck, um, it snapped and it twisted my spinal column around.
2: And, um, and just, and, and Jay, just from doing that stretch. So it just finally gave,
7: it was the final piece, yeah, you know,
2: okay.
7: and, um, the pain was, unimaginable like a thousand volts of electricity or I like to say it felt like someone was trying to split me in half with an axe. And I stumbled into the doorway um, and then the next thing I knew, uh, my presence was on the other side of the room. Um, My awareness, there was no physical body, there was no pain, there was no anxiety, no remorse and I watched Became an observer of what I call the rag doll, which was my body, and it just collapsed like you pulled the plug out of a robot, and it flopped onto the desk, uh, the bureau, and then it flopped down onto the floor. And um, I went through the most unbelievable, beautiful tunnel. Uh, it was like Jodie Foster in that movie Contact, uh, kind of like riding a water slide through this beautiful. Um, tunnel of blue lights and sparkles and and it was beautiful meantime my body was recuperating and and uh, four or five days later I was stabilized and they took bone out of my hip to put my neck together and um, 18 days later I, I was off the morphine drip and all the tubes were out and I was back in my home uh, in a makeshift hospital room, you know i 'd lost twenty pounds i I had no feeling in my neck because my nerves were cut, which makes shaving tricky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had no feeling down my arms or back um, I, My neck was in a brace and immobilized in my shoulders i couldn 't walk and i couldn 't talk mm-hmm. and all I could do was stare at the ceiling, looking at the twir- the twirls and the plaster, which I can still see today and smell the flowers that were around and um i was very depressed i was crying i um and i shouted a silent prayer to god saying um why did you do this to me and in less than three minutes the door handle jiggles and my three-year-old son comes in and he says daddy you work too hard and then um The next day, I shout another silent prayer, and uh, I said, uh, you know, I work too hard. What am I supposed to do? And in less than a couple of minutes, the door handle jiggles, and in comes three-year-old Grant, and he says, Daddy, you need to play, and bolts out. Now, most people would probably think that God was answering their prayers to their son, but not me. The The left brain nuclear engineer with 12 years of physics, metallurgy, chemistry, underwater acoustics, weapon systems, (laughs) math major. What do I do? I calculate the probability, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it ends up being one in a thousand times one in a thousand. So one in a million. And so the next day I do it again. Oh, I work too hard. I need to play. What kind of answer is that? And sure enough, in less than a couple of minutes, Grant comes in and he's bouncing on his toes and he's dancing and he's singing he's going, remember, 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 remember. He couldn't say his R, so he was saying, remember, remember. So I had no idea what that meant. But uh, in hindsight now, after a 12-year search, somewhere around year five, I understood that to be the most profound statement that said it all. Remember who I am. Remember where I came from. And remember why I'm here. Uh, so that was the genesis and, uh, of uh, my wake-up, my wake-up call. Oh.
3: And I have to say, when I received this book, which is a 208-page book, I ran through that book in tears half the time in about two hours. That's what an engaging read it is from the time you tell that story to the time you get to some of the fabulous conclusions about how we can change our thinking and be different. And I just want to say that we have so much more to talk about. This is such a compelling subject, so don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward
6: slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com.
2: Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking with a top performer here, J.D. Messenger, um, Ernst & Young, um, ex-CEO over in Asia, and, and talking about his experience and that came into his book, 11 Days of May. So you just heard the story about um, you know, the injury, and uh, then the, your book is really about kind of what did you learn from that. So why don't you walk us into that JD is because, you know, so what did you learn from that? And you just were talking about starting that kind of conversation. The number one thing I learned, and it was was an
7: incredible shock to me. All I could do was lay in bed, and it it was a month before I walked one minute again. But I discovered I wasn't happy, and that really blew my mind because – I had material success, I had institutional power, I had three beautiful kids, beautiful house, I had servants, I climbed to the corporate ladder, my retirement account was building, and I wasn't happy. Why am I not happy? And I came to the realization that, holy cow, Batman, I have been fed some misconception and illusion gumbo that money makes me happy that who I am is my job and my title, that life is a destination called retirement at Stop 401K, and meanwhile I've been living to work, uh, not playing with my family, not loving my family, not, um, you know, I was all confused. And so I I summarize all those by calling them programs. They, they were belief systems that turned me into a robot. The belief that life is a destination called retirement, and money makes you happy, and get more promotions, buy more things, consume stuff, you know that we don't need, can't afford, so we can fill up storage sheds. These were all belief systems that were faulty and limited and outdated programs that turned me into a robot and made me suffer.
2: Wow. So well, that's uh, prof- you know profound. It goes back to what we were saying about kind of the automaticity, uh, you know, that, that not, not only you, J.D., we're, we all have a uh, that aspect. So talk a little bit about kind of what, you know, what were some of the things that you, you have this interesting thing called faulty, outdated, limiting programs, flops, um, and, you know, that kind of caused some of the suffering. What did you find out about that, and what are some of the the things that, uh, you learn from that?
7: Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I consider myself foremost a man of science. Uh, and, and there is a, a powerful science, which I know you understand. But you have to realize that who we are and what we do is all based on programs. And think of it this way. The, the, the conscious mind is uh, like your ram. And, you know, we're processing seven or so transactions and programs at the same time. But at the subconscious level, we have subprograms or software. And at the uh, unconscious mind level, uh, that's our operating system processing $100 trillion impulses to hundred trillion cells every one billionth of a second and that's uh, keeping me eating walking talking and chewing gum so the thing that I'm talking about is the subconscious mind where programs reside like software and your computer and those software programs are all based on a belief uh, and those beliefs form our self-image some of those come from our current thoughts and situation Uh, Some of them come from our family, some come from the collective consciousness, and I certainly believe some come from the the universal mind, the one mind, God, you know, the field of energy, use whatever word you wish. But they all create programs. And to to understand um, how this works, you know, we could talk for an entire hour, if not more, but um, you have to discover, you have to, you know, Doctor, I began this process with self-manners and Dr. Phil, and I found what he calls tapes. Mm-hmm. And I started to unravel those tapes and realize that they, they were dictating who I am and what I was doing.
3: You know, J.D., as I'm um, I'm thinking about my experience with the book, which was so compelling, I mean, I, I've already ordered copies for several people I really like to get. to immediately because they really need it Um, how can people how can our listeners maybe take away three short tips from this book that they can use right now
7: yeah that's a great question the first thing I'd like to say is your natural state our natural state is not about survival and competition our natural state is one of love and peace and happiness And you probably know this far better than me. I'm just one individual, and this is just my story. It was my way and my truth. And if you accept the fact that our natural state is one of peace and love, then you need to discover when you are discomforting you know that something is wrong when you are not happy when you are suffering which is a mental option you know I like to say your head is going north and your soul or something else is going south and it's ripping you in half that is the first indication tip number one is when you feel that anger hatred any kind of emotion or discussion or discomfort any kind of emotion or discomfort Bing, bing, you know, red alert, red alert, 9-11, that means you've got a faulty, limited, or outdated program belief system running in your mind that's creating it, and you need to go through the process to identify it and delete it and throw it at the bucket where it belongs. That's tip number one. Tip number two is that you might say, well, why should I care? And And the reason you should care is because you are – an individual who i believe is a soul you don't have a soul you are a soul and you have unlimited potential to tap into knowledge and information like i used with my sonar system we receive sound waves and frequencies from whales and snapping shrimp and and um but i don't want to listen to that snapping shrimp on a submarine i want to listen to the russian submarine so we put in filters so guess what? Just like that computer on the submarine, you've got filters that are blocking you from tapping into information that resides in the space around you. You, know, you mentioned my Innovation of the Year book. I've had four world-first innovations. I wrote this book in 11 days. I didn't know what I wrote. I don't like e-books. I had no intention of making an e-book. Everything I ever created... You said I became fluent in Mandarin in 60 hours. I didn't do that. Some lady said to me in a speech yesterday at a bookstore, she said, wow, you're smart. I said, I'm not smart, darling. I said, you have the potential to do what I did. There's nothing special or unique about me. Okay? We all have the ability when we let go, when we remove these filters to achieve greatness And invent and create things. You know, Tesla did it with the AC motor. Disney did it. Mozart did it. Mozart said he, you know, he didn't write music; he listened to it. And that's how I did it with 11 Days in May. I didn't write that book. I just described the words as I saw them flowing before me. So, tip number one is identify the um, the discomfort and remove those programs. And tip number two is the reason you want to do that is because you want to tap into your full potential and make, you know, dreams come true. And I guess, um, you know, tip number three, geez, there's so many. um, Tip number three is you've got to shift yourself. You've got to shift your future. You can't, you know, Einstein said it, you can't continue doing the same things and try to solve problems in the same ways because you're going to keep getting a new, uh, you're going to keep perpetuating the problem. In order to shift your emotional state and find that peace and love, and in order to do number two, tap into this this uh, realm of knowledge and, and insights and creati- creativity, tip number three is you've got to change your environment. And we can talk about that for a long time, but
2: you've got to shift your environment. So so let's kind of zero in on that. Thanks for for these these tips. You know, and so let's say like you mentioned yesterday you you said this to a uh a woman um you know who said, "Oh, I wish I could do that." Um so maybe what's the first step to kind of breaking uh or maybe updating? Cuz you know, I I agree uh talking with folks all the time uh about exactly what you're saying. You know, we all have this um is old computer program, and it's kind of the scripts and the things that you're saying. And so what are some of the ways to update it? You know, we all now are moving to, you know, Windows 8. We've updated our smartphones. How do we update some of that mental software that probably uh, got programmed when we were between 10 and 12? And, you know, and many people have not updated it. What's what's some of the ways? You, you updated it because you were – had this injury, but what were what were some of the ways that people could update it without having to break their neck? During
7: the way, uh, the journey, I call the way, um, I I had a lot of healers and therapists and doctors involved, and I was very stubborn. You know, I was this engineer and science man. So hopefully, it is it is a lot easier for many than it was for me. I had uh, I did a lot of hypno uh, hypnosis. Hmm. Um, because hypnosis is very powerful. I ended up becoming certified in hypnosis after doing it so much because the hypnotic state helps one mm-hmm. um, identify and remove those programs. And in fact, I've, some of these pro, they're in our cells. You know, every cell holds more information than the Library of Congress, and we've got 100 trillion of them. And so um, that's why when, when a faulty program is hit, it causes our body to react and uh, there's a great story in the book about my mom and her pajamas and my wife. Uh, if we have time, I'll share that. But um, I uncovered all of those uh, programs, and that's the key to making them conscious, because once they're conscious, then they're they're deleted for being faulty, uh, a lot through hypnosis uh, and regression analysis. Huh.
3: Well, we're going to take a quick break, J.D., so hold that thought, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development
6: Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times best-selling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know,
4: Looking for exciting video content, live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now.
1: You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers, with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll free at one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. That number again is one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Now let's get back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with, with JD uh, here, and JD um, just has written in the well, he wrote it a while back, but just kind of published in the. Ebook, eleven days in May. You just finished telling us about, um, you know, some of the key steps. What else do you want to tell us about that? We'll put it kind of more practical for us, and then we'll talk a little bit about your book. Well,
7: uh, you, let me say this: the book is thirty six short parables, and it answers these great questions. And the the process of of the book will walk a reader through understanding who makes things um which i believe is a combination of the inspiration from god manifested at the hands of man or woman what is a thought how does your brain your conscious subconscious work what causes suffering and confusion what is your purpose how to follow what I believe is the greater uh, nature of reality where we are given signs and coincidences uh, and synchronicities and so forth, we're, we're pointed along the way. And, um, you know, when we follow that way and we follow that guidance as opposed to what we think we should do, what we think are the outcome should be, and the ebook is a great example of that, um, magic happens. So the book's 36-year parables. You can learn more about it on my website at jdmessenger.com. And those 36 parables kind of walk you through the whole process. And... You know, the, um, the e-book, I mean, first of all, I had no intention of writing the book. I didn't even know I wrote a book. Uh, I had been writing for 11 days, and my wife said, what have you been doing? And I, I said, I think I wrote a book. She said, what's it about? I said, I don't know. I haven't read it yet. And um, that's the honest truth. I, I'm not creative enough uh, to be making this stuff up. And then the next thing that happened was that I was inspired to make this e-book, And like I said, I I don't read e-books, but I followed that inspiration, and it was fearful. There's always fear when you get these ideas and you think you can't do it, but I followed that intuition and and ended up creating, won the Innovation of the Year Award for something I had uh, no thoughts, intentions, or desire to ever create.
3: you know this is just amazing and the thing that i am very compelled um to tell our listeners is the ebook provides ways for everybody to be a part of the community uh that you've created around 11 days in may and this community is um you know it's it's basically links that people can go into Uh, learn more about different aspects of the book, and then actually become a part of a conversation using, I believe, WeJIT is the software?
7: Yeah, it's called Mm WeJIT. It's a two-way collaborative device that was in books in schools, being tested in California, the concept being WE, uh, moving from me to WE, uh, a company called Democrosoft. And uh, the... um, uh i i had to had the this inspiration to create a total immersion experience and really all i felt you know cuz these are insights you get was i uh, it needed to have art and music and change brain waves and and um one thing after another that, you know, an artist started emailing me 11, 11 paintings, and this guy called me up saying he had this product, and I'm thinking to myself, you see, I've got this inspiration, and these things are happening. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. It's it's magic, you know, and it's scary, but you just go with it. Now, uh and so what ended up happening is when we were done, I looked at it, and I said, hey, guys, I, I think we created the world's first. And they were. Limiting thoughts and beliefs, they, you know, everyone on the team just about said, "No, we couldn't have done that." I said, "No, really." I, uh, who else out there has an ebook that has taken a story, wrapped music around it, radio interviews, uh, an interactive feature where you can vote and discuss, and it includes art. You see, it's touching all elements mm. of your brain, and uh, we discovered no one and. And we made an announcement uh, that we created the world's first, and my website crashed. There were so many people. That came
3: <laughs> And you know, since this, you've you've won some awards for the book. Yeah, it was
7: it was nominated for, and just in January won the uh, publishing industry innovation of the year award for best nonfiction ebook. And here's another. I'm trying to hammer home this idea about your limiting beliefs and that you, too, can do great things. You know, everyone can. When I went to this convention in January, there was 3,000 people there. And I walked around looking at all of these amazing e-books and technologies and applications. Never in my wildest dreams, if I had gone there last year, would I have ever thought that I could have made something that would have been the winner this year. Would never have entered my mind. You see, but I didn't go there. And that's part of what I mean by shifting your environment when I gave you three tips. Mm-hmm. You you got to believe in yourself. You got to go away from all the naysayers. You got to go into whatever environment it is that you that you, you know, thrive in whether that's a sports or music or nature or whatever. And um so the ebook the interactive tool the the ebook has these links in it and so you can click on the link and share a comment and vote you can even create a new link
2: to feed off and create new discussions uh, off
7: of that thread it's, it's very cool
2: and then if someone's interested in getting a hold of e ebook how do they what's
7: the well, the, the
2: ebook is it's uh, it's uh, you know everywhere. It's in
7: um, Amazon for Kindle and Barnes and Noble for Nook. But I highly recommend uh, iTunes because the the um, this being sort of a world's first leading edge enhanced ebook, the iPad and the iPhone are the absolute ideal hmm. model, you know, applica- or device because you can look at the art, play the you know hmm. music and click on the links and go to the internet you can't do that with the old Kindles or the old um Nooks right right yeah and it looks just beautiful on an iPad, the art yeah.
2: so when you think about this uh and JD now you have this community um and so kind of what's you know what do you see is next and I, I think I know what you're going to say kind of you're not sure but it's kind of see what what he Emerges or develops, but it'd be interesting to see kind of where do you where do you see the next steps for you?
7: Yeah, you know, that's that's true. I do I do kind of uh, – I get these ideas on what I should be doing. First of all, I'm working on uh, – I've actually written many books, uh, and I've. this was the first one published. So I'm, I'm working on the second one. I'm also working on my memoir, 11 Days of May, started with my memoir, which uh, the 11 Days came out in the middle of it, so I never finished my memoir. So I'm – you know, a book that will tell the stories, and I hope that will come out next year. But um we're also working on uh the, trying to build a social internet portal or a model that helps people get together who share like minds and beliefs, um, who believe in this unlimited potential, who, you know, it, it takes a village, you know, it takes an army. I mean, we need to create more collective uh awareness uh and um And team, you know, like, you know, what you're doing here on the radio. We need to collaborate. You know, we know the business models, right? We collaborate best practices, we share, and um,
2: we need to build
7: something together. It's the whole we idea.
2: Uh Uh Well, this has been fascinating, and I I know we're just kind of touching the tip of the the iceberg here. So uh, 11 days in May, JD Messenger, you can – Get a hold of the book, like we said, is through Amazon. But he's, uh, JD, you're saying through iTunes is kind of the best. Yeah. And then, and then, what's your website? My website is jdmessenger.com. dot com. Okay. And messenger, just like it sounds. Yeah.
7: Right.
2: Well, thank you so much, um, Kathy. I want to see if you want to bring us to a. a close here. This has been been fascinating, and again, I think uh, you know all you've done is kind of whet my appetite, and hopefully for our audience, too, that there's a lot more uh, beneath all this.
3: Well, there is a lot more, and the story itself is, I, I have to say, J.D., as much as I love hearing you talk about it, <laughs> it's much more moving when you read it. <laughs> and I know that um, people who are looking for choices, who are looking for answers, Um, who are looking for, I I would say, fairly provocative um, messages about how things happen and why they happen, uh, are going to be really happy to read your book. And it is going to lift a lot of these, I would say, self-limiting thoughts and programs. Um, I think you call them flops. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the book. And I think this new world mosaic that you've touched upon is going to touch many, many lives for many years to come. And I thank you for being with us today on Leadership Development News. And we want to thank everybody who's been listening. So please continue to tune in, to tune up your leadership on Leadership Development News.
1: You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers, with your hosts Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Business Channel.